Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Thursday to everyone who is uh, on the live this morning. Uh, you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Uh, certainly glad to be among you guys this morning. We're going to be here for the next two hours and hope that this uh, show uh, edifies you in a mighty and powerful way and allows you to start your morning off right. Uh, we're going to jump into a lot of good word today. We're going to be talking about um, um, some things that we've been noticing, trend, trend, some trends we've been noticing over the course of the past couple of decades in uh, church uh, doctrine. And we're also going to be talking about finding rest for our souls on this morning. Uh, so definitely glad to see everyone. Uh, we're praying uh, still for the recovery efforts from Hurricane Adalia, hoping that everyone is um, recovering well um, and that God is um, restoring everyone back to where they once were. Um, and so what we're going to do, we're going to jump into some prayer really quickly, and then we're going to get into our word this morning. Um, <clears throat> uh, all comments are welcome. As always, just make sure you keep it classy, uh, you know, keep it, keep it clean and keep it friendly. Uh, but feel free to jump into the comment box at any time, and we're grateful and excited to be here. We're going to jump right into some prayer, and we're going to get started with our morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We ask, Lord God, that you just allow this morning show to be a testament of who you are and a testament of your grace and your mercy and your kindness, God. We're asking that this uh, morning show just edify those who are listening on today and gives everyone uh, a, 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 a move forward in you, God, uh, that, it, that, it, that it empowers, that it strengthens, that it encourages, that it comforts, that it convicts, um, and just enables us to go about our day um, and, and do the things that you have called us to do in your holy and righteous name. Allow us to rest in your peace on today, um, that no matter what happens throughout this day, that you have given us the peace that surpasses all understanding and that will guard our hearts, Lord God, um, in you. And so we're asking that you just continue just to watch over us, just look over us and, and just help us, God, in a mighty and powerful way. And to the one who has not made the words that come from this morning show be edifying uh, to the souls of those who don't have a walk with you, God, so that they may grow to love you, may grow to bless you, may grow to honor you um, as we do. And we'll be so careful to give your name all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good morning. Good morning again. Good morning again. Thank you so much for the likes already, guys. You guys are awesome. I really do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Listen, we're going to jump right into it today. Uh, we're going to start off in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, and I'm just going to, going to start off with the with the scripture and then jump into what's um, on my mind on this morning. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse number 1. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. 
I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Um, we thank God for giving us this opportunity to be able to preach and teach the truth to anyone who, uh, who will listen. Uh, we were talking yesterday about the fact that it's not our job to save anybody. It's not our job to, you know, to bring anybody into the kingdom. That that's all God's work. That's all God's job. That's all God's doing. Um, and so we don't spend time trying to make anybody believe in anything that we have to say, but rather we just present the gospel of Jesus Christ and we allow God to do his job. And I think for me, as I look out into the landscape of our, um, of our, you know, TikTok universe and social media and all those sort of things, I, I fear that there is a that there is a great falling away from the truth, a great falling away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I really do believe that we're in a we're in a world now where people have turned our pulpits into therapy sessions and relationship um, advice and relationship advisors. Um, as I look out into the landscape, I, I see that our, our churches have now become, you know, factories for building CEOs of companies and building, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, business one on ones and how to increase your finances and how to increase your wealth and how to land your, your spouse and how to land your, your hot boyfriend or hot girlfriend or, or how to defeat your depression or how to defeat your anxiety. Um, I, and, and, and more and more, I see a walking away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ as if our job now is just to defeat these things rather than defeat the root of everything that's good, that, that, that is causing those things. Um, you know, I, I look in and I see that a lot of our pastors and a lot of our preachers and a lot of our teachers are talking more and more about, you know, we have to defeat depression and we have to defeat anxiety and we have to defeat bipolarism and we have to defeat all these other, you know, these mental health issues. <clears throat> now, as a mental health therapist, I firmly believe that, you know, that mental, I believe in mental health. I believe go get a, a, a pastor and go get a therapist, go get Jesus and go get a therapist, you know? Um, I, I, so I don't knock it by any stretch of the imagination. But far too often, I'm seeing now that people aren't talking about sin and death and, and sin and, and, and its effects on the mind. Instead, I just hear pastors talking about depression and anxiety and trying to find ways to defeat depression and anxiety and, the, and not looking at the root causes of those things. And so it's like a lot of times when we don't, when we're not talking about the roots of anxiety or the roots of depression, we run the risk of anxiety and depression uh, manifest that the roots of those things manifest themselves in other ways. And because it's popular because of TikTok and because of uh, Facebook and because of Instagram and because the, 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 the flash words now are being triggered I'm being triggered by this. I'm being triggered by that. This is triggering to me. That is triggering to me. Talking about narcissism, talking about abuse, talking about 
um, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 making sure that my haters and, you know, getting away from people that bother me and all those sort of things. I fear that we've taken on that language and we've taken on those, um, those same type of mantras and we've wrapped them around Christianese and it sounds really good to people. And that's what's making our churches blossom now in terms of like, in terms of like, you know, the, the droves of people who are coming to our churches now, because now instead of talking about the, the, the thing that we need to be talking about, we're talking about the things that people want to hear. They want to hear about their triggers and they want to hear about anxiety and they want to hear about depression rather than actually hear about what thus says the Lord. And so I fear that there's a great falling away from sound doctrine and a great falling away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in favor of people getting their therapy fix from church. <laughs> Furthermore, I feel like a lot of people are getting a lot of good relationship advice from the church nowadays as well, where, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, how to get a good man, how to get a good woman, how to, um, how to, you know, how to, you know, be a good man and how to be a good woman in, 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 and we wrap it up in Christianese, but as a result of that, the gospel's being lost in that space. Because we're not hearing about Jesus and we're not hearing about how he saves us from sin and how he redeems us and how he gets our minds from being so obsessed of trying to get it, fall in love and trying to, you know, get into a relationship and trying to get married and all those sort of things. And instead, we, we're losing the gospel of Jesus Christ. But because it sounds good, because a lot of people are dealing with relationships and dealing with issues and dealing with you know, dudes and dealing with women and those sort of things. And they have, you know, such, at, you know, issues in, in, in the relationship space right now. And it sounds really good to us. We, we, we give it back to the people so that they'll increase our numbers in the church. They'll increase, you know, the, the, the number of views and the number of likes that we get on our videos that we share. And as a result of that, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being lost. It's being pushed to the back burner. No one's really trying to preach that stuff anymore because it doesn't, it's not effective. It's not impactful. It's not bringing people to church. It's not bringing people to our, to our pages. It's not bringing people to our, um, to our media accounts. And as a result, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being pushed to the back. It's being pushed to the fray. It's being pushed to the fringes and no one's really hearing the gospel anymore. Instead, they're simply just listening to what makes them feel good and what is resonating with them. That's why we hear a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers talking about securing the bag. Now, you know, we tell you there's like seven different ways of how to get the bag and seven different ways of how to, you know, secure your finances and seven different ways to become the head and not the tail to become above and not beneath to become, you know, um, um, the lender, the, the lender and not the borrower and saying all those key phrases, those key words, those key texts to make people want to come, you know, to their churches and hear what they have to say. Our pastors now are more, you know, more um, lecturers and, you know, um, in seminar, you know, gurus more so than they are preachers of the gospel, you know, and they're, they're peddling their false doctrines and peddling their shallow truths um, to, to people who, you know, who that's what we want to hear nowadays. We're not, 
we don't care about sin. We don't care about, um, you know, defeating, you know, our demons. We don't care about trying to get rid of the, 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 the mess in our hearts. Instead, we just want what makes us feel good and what resonates with us. And that's the key. We, we, we tend to have used this buzzword, resonate. That really resonates with me. That really resonates with me. I, that really stuck out to me. That really pierced me. That really made me feel some type of way. We want, well, we want, we want the pastors and we want our preachers to give us goosebumps every single time we go to church. Every single time they open their mouths and preach to us, we want to feel chills go down our spines. We want to, you know, we want some, we want to, we want it to, to, to touch us in such a wonderful and, and magnanimous way. We want to feel seen. We want to feel heard. We want to feel um, like we're known in that space. And what happens for a lot of us is that instead of enduring sound doctrine, we are instead just, uh, just looking for the next person who's going to tell us what we want to hear. And as a result of that, we are divorcing ourselves from the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Paul said it like this in the book of Galatians, um, in, in uh, chapter number one. Um, he said, in, uh, starting with verse number six, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. If we have said before, now we say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Where am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Many of us have this tendency to um, have this tendency uh, to, you know, to again, to fall away to a different gospel. Not that there is one, but that's the tendency for us who have these itching ears who want to hear something so badly that we want to hear. It's something that resonates with us. It makes us feel good on the inside. We want to, every time we leave the church, we want to feel inspired. We want to feel encouraged. We want to feel uplifted. We want to feel exalted. But the full counsel of, the full counsel of God is such to where there will be days where we feel inspired, but there are days when we will feel convicted, convicted. There are days when we will feel like we want to get up and save the world. There are days where we're going to have to wrestle and be conflicted in our hearts about some truth that God has given us. But far too often in today's generation, we are hearing a lot of things that just make us feel good, that we that resonate with us all the time. And as a result of that, we are, um, we are more and more being drawn away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and find ourselves in a position where we are losing sight of the power and we're losing connection to the power that has the, that that is all that's not just say that not just saves but it sustains it, it it redeems it refreshes it replenishes and it springs out of us like a like living water because it literally is the living water the living water that um that never runs dry and so again we have to ask ourselves the question you know you know how are we you know getting to the point in play how have we gotten to the point in place 
where we spend so much time and so much energy and so much effort, um, you know, listening to things that make us feel good, but they're not good for us. They, they, they sound good, but it may not necessarily be good for us. Um, cause again, you know, there are people that are distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ by telling us what we want to hear for us. Um, cause again, you know, there are people that are distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ by telling us what we want to hear by, by saying the things that resonate with us so much, you know, and, and, and again, far too often, you know, if we have somebody who is telling us the truth, we won't, we won't endure the sound doctrine because it's not what we want. It's not what we want to hear. It's not the thing that's going to make us feel good. It's not the thing that's going to make us feel inspired. And instead, we just want someone to, to tell us what we want to hear. And for some of us, we'll jump from place to place to place and go from church to church to church and go from, you know, from one from one preacher to another trying to curate the word of God to fit my narrative, to fit my life, to fit my dreams, to fit my goals, to fit my endeavors. It's all about me, me, me. And so if you notice that a lot of the, the, the your TikTok and your TikToks and your social media, you know, um, accounts and things when it, when it comes to the preachers that you're listening to, notice how a lot of them may be saying the same thing over and over and over again. You know, even though you, you may be swiping through five or six different preachers, they're all saying the same thing because we tend to curate our messages to fit what's going on with us at the time. Someone said to me the other day, they asked the question, um, you know, they said something to the effect of, um, you know, our imaginations can sometimes be our worst enemy. And it's true because our tendency is to try to get things to try to get information that resonates with our hearts rather than enduring the full counsel of God. That is sometimes dead on what we want to hear, but sometimes dead on what we need to hear. You know what I'm saying? And so. Um, for a lot of us, we have to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we are um, not allowing ourselves to be uh, to be swayed by every wind of doctrine, that we're not being swayed by the thing that just sounds good. You know, I've no as I've been watching and, and noticing over the course of time. Um, there, so I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to say it like this. So I noticed that for a lot of the people who are who talk about relationships and talk about, you know, um, um, you know, whether men are terrible or women are terrible, men are all men are dogs or, you know, women are, you know, this, that and a third. And, you know, why doesn't, uh, you know, men, why men don't want good women, why women don't want good men and that sort of thing. Right. And so I know. So it's like for me. I noticed that the conversation barely changes. It no, like no one's really saying anything new anymore. Like we're just regurgitating the same thing that we've heard six ways to Sunday. And we get on our platforms and we, you know, and we just say the same things and we keep beating the dead horse and we just keep saying it over and over and over again. But it's popular, right? It's, it's scratching the itching ears, right? And so, the more we say the same thing and keep beating that drum, the more people get locked into that space. And rarely nowadays will we allow ourselves to be challenged by a different 
perspective of what um of of what we're of what we're thinking about or what's resonating with us. Gone are the days it feels like where a lot where we allow ourselves to have dialogue and to be challenged in how we think to have a good meaningful conversation or to have good meaningful challenge to come our way we curate our life we curate our life experiences so that it fits the narrative that we want to tell about our lives and as a result of that we tend to not allow anyone or allow anything to challenge what we believe including pastors and preachers and teachers who are giving us sound doctrine who are giving us the same doctrine you know who are giving us sound doctrine like we keep hearing the same things over and over and over and over again and nothing's being nothing that we're just we're just we're just recycling the same stuff all men are dogs okay we've heard that 50 times you know you know women ain't ain't crap yeah okay we've heard that 50 times like no one ever you know says you know no you know what i actually don't think that's true i was talking to my wife a couple of days ago and i told her it's always interesting to me that the people that, that 2% of the population and this is a gross underestimation i don't even know if this is true or not but it seems like 2% of the population owns 98% of the microphones 2% of the population owns 98% of the microphones. And so the ones who are the angriest, the ones who are the loudest, the ones who are the, the most resonating are the ones who get the biggest platforms. They're the ones who get the biggest um, stages and everybody comes to hear them because I'm just as angry as she is, or I'm just as angry as he is, or I'm just as mad, or I'm just as frustrated. And what they're saying really resonates with me even if the, what they're saying is dead wrong. And it seems like they, they, the minority, the two percenters who have the biggest microphones, it seems like they are the arbiters of truth. Like they are the ones who are speaking the truth. When in reality, the other 98% are looking at them like they couldn't be, they couldn't be further from the truth. But because we don't own the microphones, no one's hearing us. You know, our platforms are not as big. Our platforms are not as, you know, large. And, and you know, hey, you know, we're not, not, I'm not knocking it. You know, hey, do what you do, right? But, again, the, pro, the, the, the challenge with that is because the minority owns the microphones, that's what people think the truth is. That is full of vitriol, if you're full of hatred. Everybody's hateful, everybody's spiteful, everybody's mean, everybody's divided. And as a result, that is the narrative that keeps getting pushed out into the, into the, into the landscape. And while we're trying to push against that and say, no, that's not true. That's not true. It's not so, you know, we, we, we are instead pushed to the frame, pushed to the fringes in re in, in response to trying to give sound doctrine and give sound truth. God tells us this is supposed to happen. There is supposed to be a great falling away. There is supposed to be a great, you know, a great, you know, dissension where 
even the very elect will be deceived by the spirit of the Antichrist. This is supposed to happen. There's supposed to be a great falling away from the truth. There's supposed to be a great falling away from sound doctrine. And so this shouldn't catch us off guard. It shouldn't catch us off guard. It shouldn't catch us by surprise. Because what, again, do people want? They want their flesh to be to be um, to be satisfied. They want their flesh to be fulfilled. They want their flesh to be what's, you know, what's appeased. And as a result of that, they want to hear what they want to hear. And if anyone comes to challenge them, if anyone comes to tell them otherwise, they are quick to denounce it, quick to dismiss it, quick to push it away. They won't chew on it. They won't stew on it. And now we've become so emboldened by that that we won't allow anyone to challenge us at all. It's, this is me. This is all about me and what I want and what I like and what I want to hear. And no one can contest it. And that is why you see so many people, especially again, with the advent of social media, so many people sitting on thrones, so many people that are now saying, I am the arbiter of truth. And now that someone else feels the way that I feel, I no longer feel alone. I no longer feel unseen. I no longer feel unheard. And I will build my platform upon a rock. I'm going to build my church. And because I now have my platform, my church, I now sit on the throne. And anyone who dares to challenge, what's going on, CC? How you doing? And anyone who dares to come and challenge my throne, I'm going to just push them away because I don't have to hear. I don't have to listen to what they have to say. I can just easily push them away. I can easily just dismiss them. I can easily just, you know, no, nah, I don't, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to hear what you have to say because what you, what you have to say may not resonate with me. It may not sit with me. It may end up challenging how I feel and how I think. I think about the girl who um who challenged um uh I can't remember I can't remember his name I think it's true um ministries or something like that and they were going back and forth back and forth for a few uh for a few videos and every time she got she responded to something that he said um to her you know her first response was to thank you so much Medusa I probably I, I really, really do appreciate that um you know, there's always, um, she always said, well, you know, if I do believe in God, do, do please do bless me because I'm about to eat. Like it was always about trying to put on a show in front of her people to make herself feel seen, heard, valued, validated, and loved by her platform. And so it was always a spectacle. It was always a means of trying to get her people to see what, um, to see her. And to hear her and mind you again, you know, build your platforms and do what you got to do. But again, what we're saying is that a lot of times we won't even invite true challenge to the things that we believe, to the things that we hear, to the things that people are saying to us. Just like on this platform here on the True Gospel Morning Show, which is um, live every morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, So I do thank you all for joining in this morning. Um, But. Just like with this platform, I tell you guys all the time in those in the in the chat box, I watch every 
um, comment that you put in here. Now, I may not respond to everything that you say, but I pay attention to everything that you're saying in the chat box. And, you know, in those in those in these chat in the chat box, I'm looking and looking at questions that's being asked. And sometimes I'll answer. I can answer them right away. Sometimes I can't in the times that I can't. I'm actually going back to the word and seeing what is it that this person is telling me and what is God's response? Because I invite challenge. I could be wrong about a lot of things and I want to be and I want people to tell me if they feel like I'm wrong. Because at the end of the day, if I'm not strong enough in my faith to be able to withstand challenge, then it makes no sense for me to be a believer. Because that just means that it's just whatever is the good thing to hear at this time, you know, that's what that's what I'm going to um, fall to. Um, to be a believer in Christ means I have to be flat footed and say to Christ, not to people, even though I'm saying it to people, too, but saying to Christ. I put all of my eggs in your basket. I, there is no other gospel but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm putting putting all my foot, all my eggs in this basket where if I'm wrong and judgment day comes and it's a different God than the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, I'm doomed. That's it. That's game over for me. I'm, I am not coming back. That is the type of relationship that I have with God, which means I should be able to invite challenge, like feel free to ask your questions, feel free to say what you have to say, because at the end of the day, you know, I don't have to defend God. God can. God is powerful enough to defend himself. I, so I don't sit in a, in a stance to defend God um, where, you know, I'm so you know afraid of people challenging me that I'm going to, um, you know, denounce anyone who does. Rather, I invite challenge. Because it helps me to, you know, to, to, to fortify my faith while at the same time, you know, recognizing that, hey, people have a difference of opinion and that's okay. But what we, but what we do on our platforms and what we do in our social media and what we do, you know, we curate our lives. We curate our experiences. We curate the people that are speaking to us. We get in our echo chambers and we only allow people who sound like us, who think like us, who feel like us to be the ones that are giving us information all the time. If you think about it in the, in the realm of politics, most of your Republicans are going to watch Fox News. They're not going to watch anything else. They're going to watch, you know, Newsmax or whatever their other um, platform is. You know, they're going to go to Truth Social more than any other um, um, any other social media platform. Why? And uh, because they want to hear what they want to hear and be fortified in what they want to hear. So they create their echo chamber to only hear what they want to hear. So they're not going to watch CNN. They're not going to watch MSNBC. They're not going to watch um, CBS News. They're not going to watch anything else because, you know, that's not that they're not speaking to their echo chamber. On the flip side, you're, you're Democrats. They're not going to watch Fox News. They're not going to watch Newsmax. They're not going to watch. And they're not going to be on Truth Social. And the reason being is because they too created an echo chamber where it's just CNN, MSNBC, um, and whatever the other um, liberal um, you know station is. 
because they create an echo chamber that only tells them what they want to hear. And so we do the same thing as Christians. There's only specific pastors that we want to listen to. There's only specific podcasts that we want to listen to. There's only specific music that we want to listen to because it creates an echo chamber that allows us to just feel how we want to feel and resonate with what and allow what we hear to resonate with us in whatever capacity that we want to resonate. So if we are a Christian that's struggling in a relationship, we only want to listen to people that are talking about relationships. And our TikToks and our um, algorithms are all based on relationship stuff. You know, how to how to land a good man, how to be a good woman and how to, you know, be in love and how to do it in a godly way and how to be, you know, this, that and the third. It's, it, we create these echo chambers. You know, we, I want to defeat anxiety. I want to defeat depression. I want to defeat uh, bipolarism. And so I create an echo chamber of pastors and preachers that are only talking about those things. And we keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and grabbing information after information after information after information in an attempt to try to hear what we want to hear and instead uh, instead of enduring sound doctrine. What we got to understand as believers in Christ is that the whole counsel of God is not relegated to just one piece of it. Pastors and preachers can talk about anxiety and depression all day long, but if you're going to talk about it, they have to talk about it within the confines of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The overarching umbrella is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And anxiety and depression, yes, those things exist, but they are a manifestation of something much deeper. And we have to get to the bottom of what that deep thing is and preach and teach that thing and how that deep thing manifests itself as anxiety and depression. If we're in, if we're going to... um. <clears throat> Talk about relationships and how they fall apart. We got to talk about how, you know, sin begets sin begets sin. And we got to talk about how, you know, um, you know, we as broken people, we live in a broken world. And in a broken world, broken people do broken things. And that's what causes a relationship. What's going on, girl? How you doing? Um, and we got to talk about how our vertical relationship with God, if that's fractured, it, obviously, our, our horizontal relationships are going to be fractured as well. And so we've got to get our vertical relationship right. And in getting our vertical relationship with God right, we can then um, watch that play itself out in the horizontal relationship that we have with people. But that our, our task is not to just tell people how to be a better husband and how to be a better wife or how to be a you know, better you know, friend or that, this, that, and the third without giving them the context by which our friendships and relationships got fractured in the first place. It's not just about people being haters. It's about people being sinners. And sinners are in need of a savior to redeem our hearts in such a way to where we can reverse the curse of the relationship. <laughs> of the, and reverse the curse of, of our relationships. Um, and so we have to be so willing and so and, and we got to be so willing to put ourselves in a position where we are asking the right question and allowing ourselves to be truly challenged by sound doctrine because the gospel of Jesus Christ does not change and we never graduate from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can never graduate from the gospel. Um, text me later. Um, text me later, Matt. Let me know uh, and talk to me about what happened. Text me later. Um, 
And so we got to be ever so mindful and ever so careful that we are endure that we are enduring sound doctrine, that we are allowing the whole counsel of God to be preached and taught to us, that we're not just curating our experiences to one side of the gospel, to one side of the gospel. We got to be mindful that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the A to Z of our, of our, of our Christian experience. It's not just the ABCs. It's the whole thing. And if we're not careful, we will relegate the gospel to just one corner of our life and allow that thing to be the thing because it resonates with us so much. And so we got to be careful that we are not allowing um, our experiences to be curated in such a way to where we're missing the whole counsel of God. And so again, um, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's what I want to say about that. You are watching the true gospel morning show right here on TikTok live with your boy, Eddie D we're here Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern standard time. Grateful to see everybody here on today. I see, um, this, uh, question down at the bottom from, Helen and Ivy says, how come we run to God for help, but don't walk with him when things are okay? Um, so part of the reason that that's, um, that that happens is because for, for some of us, because it can go one of two ways. We can either walk with God when everything's okay, but then run away from him when things are in tr- when we're in trouble. Or in your case, we run to God when things are in trouble, but then we walk away from him when everything's okay. Um, the reason being is because, uh, well, one of the reasons anyway, is because the tendency for us as, uh, as, as believers in God is that we are conditioned to believe that God is a present help in time of trouble and that's it. And so we don't realize that God is the God of the hills and of the valleys. So we we eat, we eat certain scriptures and certain passages like, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. <clears throat> no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Um, suffering for righteousness, for righteousness' sake. Those are the things that we hear about, and that's, those are the, 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 the scriptures that we, part, that we you know, take in. And so we only look to God as a God who is a very present help in time of trouble. So we don't look at the scriptures that tell us, I delight in the law of the Lord and I meditate on it day and night. We don't look at the scriptures that say, if then you have been, if you have been, you are in Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is. We don't look at the scriptures that say, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high call in Christ Jesus. We don't look to the scriptures that tell us um, that the peace that surpasses all understanding guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We don't look at the scriptures that say um, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross daily and walk um, um, uh, uh, and to be his disciple. Uh, We don't, you know, think about the text that tells us that, you know, we are to um, that, that we delight ourselves in the Lord and he gives us the desires of our heart. And so for by and large, our relationship with God is a reflection of the relationship 
that we have with ourselves and our relationship with our people. And so for some of us, we only look at God as a God who helps. We don't look at God as a God who sustains. We don't look at him as the living water that if we drink of, we will never go thirsty again. We don't look at him as the bread of life that if we eat of him, we will never go hungry again in our souls. We only look at him as a helper. And so for a lot of us, it's a matter of, you know, the, the nature and the character of the relationship that we have with God. And as such, we have to ever, we have to be mindful that um, that our relationship with him has to be such to where, you know, he is not just a God who helps, but he is. A, he's a God who saves. He's a God who redeems. He's a God who walks. He walks with us every single day. Um, and so that's the that's the, 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 the one of the reasons um, why sometimes, you know, people um, will say that they uh, that they that they need God in times of trouble. But they but then, you know, they don't walk with him from one day to the next when things are good because they only see God as a helper. Um, think of I mean, think about it. Growing up, well, I'll talk, I'll talk about myself growing up. You know, that's what I was taught. If you're in trouble, you pray. Right. And so anytime I was taking the test, I pray to God, God, please help me because I'm about to take this test and I didn't quite study for it like I was supposed to or. <laughs> You know, God, I really need some money right now. You know, please make a way for me to, you know, get this money. Or, you know, um, God, my relationship is in trouble right now. God, please, I please, I can use your help right now. God, please help me. And so we can be conditioned into thinking that God is a genie. Well, the lamp when I'm in trouble, right? We can think of God, you know, he's just supposed to be our butler. And anytime I need you, hey, 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 God, come here. Hey, God, come here. Hey, God, I need you real quick. We are sometimes conditioned to think of God that way rather than God actually being the God who walks with us as as Adam and Eve walk with him in the garden, walk with him in the garden. You know, that's the God that lives in us. He's walking alongside us every single day. You know, it, 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 so for a lot of us, again, we just we our relationship with him is skewed in such a way to where we don't we don't take the time to really unpack the fullness of God. We only. We only talk to him one way. We only deal with him in one way. We only speak to him in one way. And as a result, that's how our, that's how we're conditioned to think of him as just a helper. We don't think of him as the God of the universe who's actually our friend. We don't think of him that way. You know, he is Lord, but he's also our friend. He said it himself. I'm, you know, I'm a friend. I mean, I am your friend. Um, and so that is, um, that is what we, um, that is, that is, that's the answer to that question. Um, let's see what else is going on in the chat box today. Let's see. Let's see. Someone said, I suppose you're the Tim Scott of religion. Nah, nah, nah. I'm just here. I'm just here. Um, I asked if I'm a therapist. I am. <clears throat> I don't know if she's still here, but I am. Um, um, okay. I think that's it. <clears throat> okay. Awesome. 
But I do appreciate y'all. Um, do appreciate y'all so much. Again, you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Uh, we are here 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. I'm certainly glad to be among you guys on this morning. Um, uh, one of the things um, that I wanted to talk about today um, is the idea of resting. Um, and so... I'm going to read from the um, from ba- from Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Um, One second. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What's going on? Um... For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Um, for a lot of us, our Let me, I'll I, I pose it like this. i pose it like this. A lot of us are spinning our wheels in an attempt to be something in this world, right? Um, we want to be successful. We want to accumulate wealth. We want to be known for something. Uh, We want to thrive. We want we want to be taken care of. We want to live comfortably. And we we spin our wheels. We, We spin our wheels over and over and over again. Our souls are looking for Looking for peace, you know, looking for something that's going to be that thing. And we're looking for it in so many different places. Uh, We look to our jobs. We look to our significant others. We look to, you know, our sexuality. We look to, you know good times. We look to vacations. Um, we look out at social media and we look at the celebrities and we look at these, you know, these people who even here on TikTok, you know, who um, are amassing all this wealth, um, doing very little. And, you know, meanwhile, we're struggling to pay bills. We're struggling to do this. We're struggling to do that. 
and we're looking for peace. We're looking for rest for our souls. And it always fascinates me how those who don't have a walk with God in their souls, I'm not talking about in their outer appearance, but in their souls, (sighs) are broken and hurting and they're not at peace. They're not at peace with themselves. And yet when the offer of peace is presented to them, their hearts harden all the more against the offer of peace. Now, I'm a firm believer, and I've I've seen it with my own eyes, that the same sun that hardens the uh, that hardens the clay melts the ice i'm a firm believer that the same gospel truth that is an offering of peace are will make people feel some type of way and they're going to be they're going to be opposed to it no matter what no matter what you say no matter what you do they're going to be opposed to it and so my appeal to people who don't want anything to do with God. Don't, they don't care about God. They don't care about, you know, Christ. They don't care about, you know, anything having to do with, you know, organized religion. They don't want anything to do with anybody telling them what to do for the various reasons, whether it's because it's a white man's religion or because how could a God endorse slavery or, you know, how could a God, you know, endorse rape women and all this other kind of stuff. My appeal to to people who think like that is, are you tired yet? Like, are, are, are you tired yet? There, had, there, there came a time in my life where I grew tired. I grew tired of, you know, trying things my way. Trying to do things the way that I wanted to do them trying to live the life that I wanted to live, trying to be the person that I wanted to be, trying to do things my way. I just grew tired. And mind you, me and God weren't vibing. You know, me and God were kind of at odds. I was at odds with him. He wasn't at odds with me. I was at odds with him. But I grew tired. You know, I I grew tired of trying things my way. Doing things my way. I grew tired of being restless in my soul. I grew tired of, you know, trying to figure everything out. I grew tired of trying to, you know, understand this life apart from God. And what Christ tells us in the word today is that the offer of rest is is, is, is available. 
to everyone. The offer of rest is available to everyone. Rest for our souls. It is available to every person who surrenders their life to him, takes, their, takes the yoke upon them. But for a lot of people, that offer of rest, it feels like a burden. It feels like it's toilsome. It feels like it's troublesome. It feels like this ain't it. And I offer the same thing I just said before. Are you tired yet? Because why not try? Right? You tried everything else. You've tried everything else. So why not try him? What do you have to lose, really? You know, in trying Jesus. For a lot of us, again, our tendency is to push away the offer of rest, to push away the offer of peace, to push away the offer of love, to push away the offer of forgiveness, to push away the offer of patience, to push away the offer of kindness because of our finite thinking of how God ought to operate rather than allowing God to just be God and recognizing in the word that he actually does care about us. He actually does care about each and every one of us. Um, he actually does, you know, give a darn about the affairs of this world. He may not in his infinite wisdom care about it like we do, but he cares nonetheless because he is the orchestrator of all things. But even with that aside, just you personally, are you tired yet? Are you tired yet? And so I make this appeal to anyone who doesn't believe in Christ, who like I pass. When you look out into the landscape of your life, is there truly anything in your way or anything that you are staunchly opposed to that would hinder you from at least trying Jesus? You know. And if so, what is that thing? And maybe let's talk about it. But are you tired yet? Because again, for a lot of us, our tendency is to, you know, push peace to the side, push love to the side in favor of what we think, what we think resonates with us as we curate the experience of our lives to fit the narrative that we're telling ourselves. So instead of, uh, instead of adopting God's narrative and how we fit into it, we instead curate our own narrative and bring things into the space that resonate 
with me, that resonate with what I want, that resonate with what I feel and make ourselves the arbiters of truth and the, um, the, 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 um, and put ourselves on the throne in the seat of, in the seat of judgment to any and everyone who opposes what we think and how we feel. And so again, I say it all that to say that, you know, our tendency is to not sit in the rest of God, that God has given us a rest and a peace that defies all logic. And he, he freely gives that to anyone who wants it. But are we willing to take it? Are we willing to receive it? Are we willing to make it ours? And heck, I talked to and then the believers too. Sometimes we got we got the peace, we got the rest, but we sit that thing off to the side in a heartbeat and go running to do everything we else we want to do. Just like our um, you know, our commenter earlier said, like you know, when we run when we get in trouble, I want that peace of God now. Give me that peace of God. But then when things are good, we kind of lay it off to the side. Um, but are we tired yet? Are we tired yet? And so we have to ask the question, you know, do we want a relationship with God? Do we want the rest that he promises us? The, the promise of rest, the offer of rest is readily available to anyone who will repent and believe in him. Are we tired yet? Are we ready to lay down our pride and lay down our, you know, thoughts and lay down our, you know, vision for our lives? And are we willing to accept the call that God has given us through Christ, uh, through Christ Jesus and, you know, invest in him, rule in him, abide in him? You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I certainly do appreciate the 1,300 likes that you guys have given so far. I appreciate the gifts that you've given so far as well. Thank y'all so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, I do, and again, I, I, I tell any, I tell you guys again, any gift that you give to this, um, to this um, platform, none of it goes to me. I don't, I don't take a dime. I haven't taken a dime out of here since people have been gifting me since I went live, since I started going live two years ago. I haven't touched a dime of it yet. Um, and any um, significant you know, funding that I do receive from here will go straight to keeping the platform up. I ain't spending it on no lavish vacations. I'm not going into no hotel rooms. You know, I'm not doing half the stuff that these NPC folk are doing. You know, I ain't got no OnlyFans out there. Um, so you ain't got to worry about trying, you, you, you getting any grifting from me. If you give to this ministry, it's going straight into keeping the platform up. I got websites up. I got, um, you know, uh, podcasts that are up with the true gospel ministry. And so that's where your money's going. So don't, don't think that I'm spending your money, um, you know, on anything. Like I bought, I buy my own shirts. I got my own job. I, I buy my own stuff. I ain't, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, getting anything, from y'all to go spend on myself. Um, and so again, any monies that you do give, I'm grateful for it and it does not go unnoticed. And I do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for doing what you do for this ministry um, and for this platform. But again, I thank you guys so much for, 
um, your likes, and I thank you so much for your comments. I thank you so much for all that you guys do here um, with this, um, this, this platform. And um, yeah, right now we're in the second hour of our uh, morning show. Um, and again, uh, grateful for everyone who is here and grateful for everyone who is listening. Um, notice that the chat box is a little light today, which is no problem. Um, but feel free to hit me down in that comment box below if you have any questions or concerns. Um, all comments are welcome. Just be mindful. Keep it classy. Um, um, otherwise, we got to boot you out. Um, but again, just keep it, you know, keep it classy. But feel free to ask any questions or comments that you may have. Um, and about toward the um, the latter part of the um, hour, I will jump into the comment box and answer any questions um, that I um, that I can answer, um, you know, right off the top of the uh, of, of, of the, of the dome of mine. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about today as I was sitting here, you know, in my musings today, um, is the, um, you know, one of the, th- one of the challenges that we have in our churches today is that when we, when for some churches, I'm not going to say it's all churches, some churches, some churches have this tendency to once a person gets saved or becomes a member of the church, um, we forget about them. We just we just slap forget about them. Um, we forget about their souls, and and what we start doing is we start looking at their their skill set, start looking at their giftings, start looking at the way that God has designed them, and we immediately think to ourselves, "Oh, you'd be a good person to do X, Y, and Z. You'd be a good person to do A, B, C, and D." Um, and as a result, our tendency is to think that. People are no longer souls, but rather they are instruments. They're instruments. And so, oh, you can sing good? Go put you in the choir. Oh, you can play good? Let me get let me give you an instrument to play, literally an instrument to play. Oh, you um you do um computer stuff good? You may be good for our A V ministry. Um Oh, you love children? You be good for our um for our children's ministry, for our babies ministry. Um, you know, we always tend we tend to look at people as skill sets and we look at them as instruments to be used to build our kingdom rather than actually looking at their souls and, and making sure that their souls are in good places. <sighs> One of the things that always bothered me about a lot of churches that I attended over the years is that the orientation class that we would go through when getting into the church was never about God. It was always about the church. It was always about what the church practices are, what the church ministries are, tithing and all that stuff. It was never, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what it means to be a believer. Um, this is what, you know, salvation is. This is what sanctification is. This is what, um, you know, um, you know, how to, uh, to, to read your Bible, how to pray, um, how to meditate on the word, how to do all these different things. It, we never had any people that were really geared toward trying to equip the saints for the work of ministry outside of the church, outside of the church. It was always about how can we equip you to you know, prepare for our Sunday events? And yeah, I said it exactly how I said it, to prepare for our Sunday events. What can I do? How can I get you to prepare? How can I equip you to prepare our Sunday events? And so for a lot of us, we were trained 
you know, to just do church work. Never were we talked about how's our soul doing. No one ever checked in with us to ask, hey, how's your soul today? Hey, how's your walk with God today? Hey, how are things between you and God right now? Instead, it was, hey, did you pay your tithes? Hey, did you, um, did you, uh, you know, we didn't see you in church last week. You know, we were kind of concerned because you had to lead a song th- th- that day. Or we need, we need extra hands on the usher board or <clears throat> all these different things. We never took the time to check in on the soul of a man. It was always about work. And my greatest fear in my, it, 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 well, well, yeah, my greatest, well, one of my greatest fears um, is that we spend so much time worrying about the work of ministry in the 501c3 organization that we divorce people from the power of the Holy Spirit that is meant to edify their souls and we divorce them from the real work of ministry in going out into the world and being the light that shines in the darkness. We don't equip people to be you know, great teachers and, and having a relationship with God. We don't equip people to be great, um, you know, you know, uh, uh, bankers for the glory of God. We don't teach people um, how to be great hairdressers for the glory of God. We don't teach people how to be great mechanics for the glory of God. Instead, what we do is we tell them all of your work is relegated to the church. All of your work is relegated to this pastor's ministry. All of your work is relegated to Sunday morning. Everything that you're doing is geared toward what you do on Sunday, Monday through Saturday. All we're, all we're worried about is how you're going to get to Sunday. How are you going to get to Sunday? And so for a lot of us, our relationship with God, it, it, it's modeled that way where Monday through Saturday, we don't, we're not caring about God like that. We're not walking with God like that. We're not operating in God like that because of God like that. We're not walking with God like that. We're not operating in God like that because no one's talked to us about caring about our souls. Instead, we only care about what am I doing Sunday morning? Second. One second. Okay. How are things going to work out Sunday morning? What are we going to do Sunday morning? What's like, what's it going to be about Sunday morning? That's all that we relegate our worship in our love and our dedication and our devotion to God to. How is it going to help Sunday morning? And so we, as a, as the body of believers, we, I, I see now that a lot of us have come out of the church, church and ease, you know, in this kind of deep, Deconstructing deconstructivism um, or deconstruction of faith um, because we've realized, oh shoot, Jesus actually doesn't care about the local congregation organization the way that we've been taught. Does God want us to assemble? Absolutely, one hundred percent, bar none. But God does not want us to push all of our chips into Sunday morning worship. The block between 11 and 12, 11 and 1, that is not the time. That's not the only time that God is in operation. God is in operation 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days of the year. 
And as a result, we, the believers, have to be trained and equipped on how to actually be a believer outside those walls. How do I be a believer in my house? How do I be a believer with my wife and my kids and the dog? How do I be a believer, you know, when I'm on my job, you know, when I'm, you know, caring for the people that are that I'm in charge of or caring for the people that I'm servicing? You know, how do I be a believer when I'm out on vacation? <clears throat> when I'm out, you know, celebrating the, the good time, you know, how do I bask in the glow of being able to go off and do something? You know, how do I how do I be a believer in help when I'm helping others? You know, how do I, you know, maintain my integrity? You know, when someone's trying to get me to do something that I don't want to do that I know is not, you know, uh, not, you know, um, in it's not, you know, uh, it, my integrity is going to um, be um, jeopardized by doing this thing. How do I, you know, um, maintain my faith in a world that is staunchly opposed to God? You know, how do I do the things that God has called me to do, you know, in this space? You know, how do I read my Bible? How do I, you know, pray? How do I meditate? How do I, um, excuse me, how do I allow my mind to be renewed from one day to the next um, and be transformed in such a way? Like, how, how do I do that stuff? Again, a lot of times our pastors and our preachers are relegating our worship to God to what we do on Sunday morning. And as a result of that, a lot of us have been, have been divorced from the power that God has given us. We're being divorced from the power that God has put in our hearts. We're being divorced from the power that, um, that God, you know, that the Holy spirit that lives inside of us wants us to rest in because we are limiting what he wants to do in us to what we do on Sunday morning. And again, it's not an either or it's a both end because we only know what we're being taught unless we, find platforms like this where we're being challenged, um, but we only know what we're being taught. And far too often, our pastors and our preachers and our you know, church organizers are not putting real thought into equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Instead, they're equipping the saints for Sunday morning. They're equipping the saints for Sunday morning worship. And so... Again, I say all that to say that if you find yourself in a place where your pastor or your ministry leaders are not checking in with your soul, you may want to have a conversation with them. I'm not saying leave your church. I'm not saying leave your church. I'm not saying to do that. But you may just want to Ask them, hey, I know you care a lot about how good I am and how gifted I am and all that, but it'd be nice every now and then if you actually just checked in on me, on my soul, and how I'm doing in there. Because chances are you got a whole lot of people who their souls are torn, their souls are tortured, their souls are tormented. They're going through a whole lot of stuff right now, and yet we only care about how good you're going to sing this song on Sunday morning or how good you're going to pray or how you're going to count that money up. And 
that ain't that 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 it's not an either or but we are too still too heavy on the side of give me one second hold on see this is going to be a problem that's going to be a real problem let me get that checked out see what those are um but you know again we we rele- we relegate our our worship to just being about what we do on Sunday morning and a lot of people a lot of people don't know that God actually cares about them and it shows in the ministry when all we care about is what you're going to do for the ministry instead of who you are in God. I tell people this all the time. Being seen, being heard, being validated is one of the greatest feelings in the world. I tell my clients all the time to be careful when they're feeling seen or heard or validated by somebody, especially if they're married or in a relationship. If they're being seen, heard, and validated by somebody outside of their relationship or outside of their marriage, because feeling seen, feeling heard, and feeling validated is one of the greatest feelings in the world. You have people coming out of their clothes in a heartbeat if somebody sees them. Somebody hears them. Somebody validates their existence. Um, Because being seen and being heard, it unravels a person. That is the relationship that God wants to have with us. Not, and y'all don't be nasty with it. That intimacy. God knows us better than anyone. And that's the type, and he wants you to know that he sees you. Wants to know that he knows you. Wants you to know that he cares for you. Wants you to know that he cares about you. And sometimes we can feel like God doesn't because of the pastors and the preachers and the churches we attend who show us that they don't care. Who show us that they're not interested in who we are as people, as souls. They only care about what we can do for them. And so we as preachers and teachers, we got to be ever so careful that we are checking in with our people and asking them, how are you doing? How is your soul? How are things between you and God? Because if we're not careful, I say this, I, I've been, I've been, and I noticed this a lot. I noticed this a lot. When, okay, when I was pastoring a church, I didn't want recycled church members. I didn't, I didn't want recycled church members. I wanted people who didn't know God to come to the church. That's, 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 that's the church. That's the type of church I wanted. I wanted a church 
where we got new believers, not recycled church members. And maybe that's one of the mistakes I made. But the reason I didn't want recycled church members is because a lot of times. Because because what that meant, what that meant was that. Something happened at another church where their souls weren't seen. Their souls weren't heard, their souls weren't rubbed, and they're running from one church to the next in an attempt to be seen, in an attempt to be known, in an attempt to be loved. And so I didn't want, so my, I guess my, what I'm saying is I didn't want them to come to our church because I was in my, because, and I guess my hope was I was, I wanted their church, their church to care about them the way that I wanted to care about the members that came to us. Um, and so I guess, and I guess, and I guess that's where my head, where my head was back then. That's the type of love and care that I'm, you know, that, that I, that I care about, I guess, you know, that I'm hoping that people um, get to a place in their, in, in their walk with God, where they care more about the soul of a man than they do their gifting. Yes, everybody's gifted. Everybody's got a gift. Everybody can do something to help to help the ministry of the church. But here, but, but can we can we can we call a spade a spade? Everybody that goes to church ain't meant to work for the church. Say it again. Everybody that goes to church isn't meant to work for the church. Talking local, local C, little C, not big C, little C. Everybody has something that they're meant to do for the, for the cause of Christ. But everybody's gifting is not meant to be for the local church that they attend. And we would do well to let God get into that space and allow God to help them figure out what is their gifting and how are they going to be a, 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 a help to the body of Christ in a way that God ordains rather than just trying to make them another arm of the ministry of the, of the local church that they're attending. We got to let God be God and allow God to really get into the heart of a man and rather than trying to push people into these ministries to try to boost numbers, instead, teach them how to actually be disciples of Christ. Like, give them the word. Give them truth. Help them learn how to study their Bibles. Help them learn how to pray. Help them learn how to um, meditate. Help them learn how, the, 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 how to, you know, how to, how to do life with God. Because at the end of the day, heaven and earth is going to pass away. Oh, wait. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Know what that includes? The 501c3 organizations. The denominations are going to pass away. The, 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 the different religious sects that we have, they're going to fall away. They're going to pass away. And so why are we spending so much time trying to maintain the doctrines of our denominations and the doctrines of our local bodies when 
God is saying, at the end of it all, all of this is going to pass away. And only the word is going to stand. And so it would do us well to think about that and to help people to have a better relationship with God rather than having a relationship with the church so much so to where they are divorcing themselves from the power that is Christ, that is in Christ Jesus. And so, um, yeah, that's my thought on that. Thank you guys again for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on um, TikTok Live. Uh, we're here 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on the channel. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Um, I got at least two more things that I want to talk about today, and then I'm going to let y'all go. Um, the chat box has been relatively light today, which I got no qualms with whatsoever. Um, and so I'm hoping you guys again are having a fantastic day and hoping that you guys are able to, um, let's continue, you know, living for God and doing what you need to do throughout your day, uh, with the power of God, empowering you to do the things that you have to do, um, on this fantastic Thursday morning. Um, saw on the news, um, that, uh, the, uh, the, the Donald Trump, um, trial in Georgia is going to be televised live. Um, and so, um, the cameras are going to be allowed into the courtroom, um, and they're going to be, um, um, doing their thing, um, with it, with all eyes watching. Um, also saw something on there about the trial could last up to eight months, which, uh, you know, I think is ridiculous, but what do I know about the justice system? Right. Um, but as I, again, as I'm watching everything unfold, um, as I've been watching everything unfold with um, the case, <clears throat> the cases, um, as it pertains to the, um, you know, to, to the coming election in 2024, um, um, you know, my heart just grows weary <clears throat> when it comes to those things. You know, I, I, um, um, you know, I've never been, I've, I've, I used to be very big on, you know, following politics and following politicians. I used to really enjoy the political banter um, as an um, independent, um, excuse me, y'all. I forgot to take my um, Allegra this morning and my nose is bothering me. Um, but um, as a, um, I, you know, used to love, you know, talking about politics, love to, used to love watching the different pundits talking and things, um, and used to enjoy, you know, getting into that fray, picking out the gospel, you know, as it pertains to how things are going in, in, in the political space. Um, but, you know, gone are the days now where we used to be able to have good political discourse among people who don't believe in the same ideologies. Um, and it's just really, really a really scary time to live in um, politically because no one cares about the issues anymore. It's all about how loud you can be. It's all about how loud you can be. And it's just so freaking frustrating sometimes because it's like, you know, dude, I would love so badly to have real honest conversation about the issues of the day. But all we hear our politicians doing is just talking about 
you're dumb, you're stupid, that's dumb, you're stupid. I don't want to talk about that. That's dumb, you know, and, you know, and it's all about me, 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 and, you know, and I'm going to make America great again, all this type of stuff. And it's like, but dude, you have not one ounce of, you know, um, of you're not talking to any any of us about what you really want to do. Like, you're just making a bunch of noise. And, 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 you know, when it comes to, like, real hard-nosed things, like, what are you going to do? What is your plan? What is your platform? And nobody seems to have a plan about anything anymore. It's just, how can I get people to like me? How can I get people to like me? I, I, I've, again, I've just never in the history of American politics have I seen things become so convoluted the way that they have, where no one cares about trying to actually put something out that's going to make the country better or going to make the country like it, it, it saddens me so much when I see other countries who are technologically advanced to the nth degree. I'm like, dude, the future has come in some of these places. Like you got trains that can move damn near five year, 500 miles an hour can get you from one place to another in like two hours and they run on solar energy. Like, what in the world? Like, dude, there is so much sun that we have in this world. You know, the sun bakes us all the time. Like, can we not convert this energy and be able to use it so that we can do what we got to do? And it's like, nah, we ain't got the money. We ain't got the money. But we still sending money to Ukraine. Like, really, dude? And I ain't got nothing against Ukraine. I love Ukraine. But darn, man, like, you giving them all the money, but we can't, we can't put a bullet train together. That can get us from one side of the country to the other in three hours. Like we 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 can't we still can't get that yet. Like you know, so many t- again technological advances. You know, so many um you know so much access to to healthcare and you know being able to take care of your families and take care of you know, all this other type of stuff. But it seems like we don't talk about that anymore. We we're we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about points that you know resonate here we go with that resonate word again with the masses and can get us the most likes on social media get us the most views on social media get us the most attention on social media where I, if i say the dumbest thing on earth it's gonna get me fifty thousand likes in 10 seconds but you know if i say something with some substance it gets pushed to the back burner because can you believe what this politician said today i don't care about what that politician said today i want to know about the issues like how you how, you know, how, how are we going to solve the food shortage? How, how are we going to solve that? How are we going to deal with that? How we, how we, how's that, how's that going to get handled? You know, help me, help me understand how that's going to work. Right. You know, that's, that's the thing that, 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 that I, that I struggle with. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what I also, again, have to remember and realize and understand no matter how much, you know, I, um, you know, get frustrated with what I see in our political landscape is that these things must come to pass. And it's so infuriating. It's like, I don't want it to happen like this. But these things have to come to pass. Because as much as I want to believe in our political system, our political system is flawed. It is man-made, and it is not going to last. Like, we are not, we're not going to, when heaven and earth passes away, American democracy is going to pass away with it. And, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I'm, it, it, it is what it is. You know, our country is only 200 some years old and 
And as a result of that, you know, it's always been fragile from the get go. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, because the country that we live in support it as best as I can. But it's just, again, it's it's such a testament to what God has already said, like heaven and earth is going to pass away and the and kingdoms are going to pass away. Kingdoms are going to fall. They're going to rise and they're going to fall. They're going to be here today and gone tomorrow. And it just goes to show the plight of mankind. It goes to show that, you know, the sin, the sin, sins of this world and the sin of mankind is always going to be our downfall. It's always going to be our downfall. And so it behooves us to put ourselves in a place where we, you know, don't put, you know, our trust in horses and chariots. We don't put our absolute trust in our democracy. We don't put our absolute trust in our politicians. Rather, we put our whole trust in God. Regardless of where you fall in the political landscape, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're independent, whether you're green, whether you're whatever, you don't. Put your trust in man. You put your trust in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, no matter who is sitting in the oval, you we always are going to know who who reigns on the throne. And even even when things are going terribly wrong, things are only going terribly wrong as God allows and as God sees fit. Um, and so. You know, as I just again see everything that's going on right now, I just hope and pray that you know some type of writing the ship happens. I don't see if it's happening anytime soon, but I just hope it does. Um, you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. Thankful so much for you guys' um, you know, viewership, and thank you guys so much for taking the time to holler at your boy. Thank you for the 1,400 likes that I've gotten today. I really do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Um, Bob Duncan 623 asks, can you believe evolution while being a Christian? Um, so I am going to say no question mark. Here's the reason why. Um, I firmly do believe in the in creationism. Creationism, if we're going to call it that. I believe that, you know, God created Adam from the dust of the earth. I believe that he created Eve from a rib of Adam. And because I believe it, that kind of does away with the idea of um, evolution. However... This is just me. Ain't no, ain't there. So here's the Bible. The 66 books, the canon, right? So I'm putting it over here. This is just me. This is what I think. But I don't preach this to nobody. Okay? This is just me. So I'm not saying that this is true. I'm not saying this is biblical. None of that. This is just me. I believe that Adam and Eve were created by God. They were created in the way that it's recorded in this book. And I believe that the length of time 
through which Adam and Eve were existed in this world prior to the fall is such to where they beget and birth children that were a part of the fall. Now again, you ain't gonna find this nowhere in scripture, so don't go going around telling people, ah, he's preaching the false doctrine, because I'm not preaching this to nobody. This is just my thoughts. So as getting kicked out of garden and all that jazz, people spread. And however long that time frame was, as the spreading took place, that's where all these different people groups came to be. So, again, evolution? Eh, question mark. And the reason being is because, um, and I'm not going to take credit for this. I got it from this book right here. Let me turn this around so you can see it. Got it from this book here called The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler. I'm going to see if I can find the page. Um, Might not be able to find it today. I might have to find it another day because um, I definitely don't have it marked. Um, let me see. Um, Here we go. I found it. Woo, I found it. All right. So here we go. Um, page 97 of the explicit gospel says this right here. <clears throat> the problems with this approach are several, but the primary ones are that it is neither biblical nor very scientific. If we're evolving, the fall makes little sense. Because evolution indicates um, indicates ascend ascendancy, progress, but the fall is just what it says: a fall. On a really basic level, macroevolution violates the second law of thermodynamics, which states that everything is running down, not up. The second law of thermodynamics chains creation to entropy and regress, not to evolutionary progress. Similarly, the concept of evolution violates the first law of thermodynamics, 
because it is predicated upon the introduction of energy into a contained system. And the first law states that this simply doesn't happen. The law of conservation of energy holds that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It essentially just changes shape. Basically, the first law tells us that nothing in the natural world can come from nothing. So for energy to even exist, the kind of energy necessary for macroevolution to take place, the first law of thermodynamics must be violated naturally at several stages throughout the process. The first law points us not to spontaneous development of man from species to species over time, but rather to a creator spontaneously creating ex nihilo. Only God could create something from nothing. Douglas Kelly writes, The two laws of thermodynamics indicate the necessity of some powers outside present, outside present known processes to have originally brought it into all existence. Something outside and above the vast complex of space, time, energy, and material is required to have initiated it. Something not relative to it, but free from it, which is the root meaning of the Latin word absolute loose or free. That is, the law of thermodynamics can tell us that an absolute creation is necessary. The assumption of evolution, even with all the power of science's best minds behind it, is tantamount to discovering a watch on a sidewalk and assuming all the elements, pieces, and design came about through natural processes and not from the hands of a watchmaker. Theistic evolutionists have to believe this too, as they argue that God set evolution in motion and the natural processes took over. They have to believe that in order to stay in science's good graces, they have to believe that in order to stay in science's good graces. But evolution doesn't make good sense. Think of something as simple as blood clotting. This process could never have evolved because prior to the clotting of blood, creatures along the evolutionary chain would have simply died from blood loss. They would not have had a chance to even evolve the to evolve to even evolve the ability to survive a wound. And so, again, um, what so what is what he's saying there is that um, in order for evolution to make sense, there has to be an ascension that's taking place among among all of creation, and ascension doesn't make sense in light of the second part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fall of man. We are not evolving. We are devolving. We are not going up. We are going down. All throughout scripture, we see this happening time and time again, that it's a constant devolution of man. And so <clears throat> it does, So creation, I mean, evolution doesn't make sense in the gospel narrative. And so... There, so again, that is where I, that's where that's where it comes from for me. Um, and so. So, yeah, um, that's so that's where it comes from for me. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the that's the answer to the question that I, that, that I have. Um, let's see. No one knows. No, we'll know. It's fine to have your thoughts of what you think. I don't understand what you mean, Renee. Um, what do you mean by that? Oh, 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 okay, yeah, 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 okay, I got you, 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 Renee, I got you, Renee, I got you, I got what you mean, yeah, exactly, exactly, that's what I'm saying, like, that's why I said, these are just my thoughts, this is not scripture, so please do not, 
Do not go out here saying what Pastor Eddie said. Minister Eddie said, you know, that, you know, God had all these people. Like, no, that's, I am not saying that that's what God said. I'm just saying, this is what I think, you know, but again, you know, my thoughts are not going to, you know, um, you know, go against this. I, I truly believe he, he, if he said he created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve. I am not, I, I don't go, I'm not going against that. Um, because again, that's the whole point. This is one of the major the, the tenets of the gospel. You know, if Jesus said it, then I got it. Then I believe everything that he said. Um, so yeah, man. Um, so so yeah. So that's so that's my thought process on evolution. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense because according to the fall of man, going back to Genesis three, everything is devolving. Everything is going downward. We are technologically more advanced than we've ever been in our lives. But when you sit down and really think about it, how evolved are we really? <clears throat> because the more advanced we become, the less sense we make. Have you, have you, really, have you really thought about that? Like, the more evolved we become, the less sense we make. Like, that, that that unpack that like we don't we don't make a whole lot of sense nowadays like we really don't and so um and so yeah so to that end um you know it seems the further up we the further up we think we're going the further down we go um and all you gotta do is look at scripture man I mean look Sodom and Gomorrah you know. Like we we just we just keep falling for the same trap of thinking that we're God and thinking that we know everything and thinking that we know so much more than He does. And when we do, He gives something to humble us, you know. And so again, I say so. I'm saying all that to say that is that's the thought process behind evolution for me. You are watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. I'm certainly glad to be among you guys today. You got to me for about the next eight minutes. I got to get ready to go to work. Um, but I'm certainly grateful to you all for giving me this opportunity to be on you um, to spend time with me. As I always say, y'all can literally be listening to anybody else talk about anything else and be doing anything else. Those NPCs are playing for keeps and y'all and people are giving them buku money to sit there and do the, 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 the whatever it is that they do. God bless them. I ain't mad at them. Do what you do. Um, so the fact that y'all spending your time with me this morning, I don't take it for granted. And I really appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart. Make sure you are following me, um, here on the live, um, and make sure that you are getting um, notified when I go live. I'm here every morning from 6am to 8am and may show up, you know, every now and then, um, you know, depending upon how my clients are doing, um, you know, and, you know, be able to, um, you know, get back on the live with you guys in that regard. And so definitely, um, you know, hit your boy up. <sighs> Um, you know, and so thankful for all that you guys are doing for me. Um, to kind of round this show off today, man, I just want to, um, encourage everybody today, man, you know, continue to, you know, uh, just follow God, um, seek him, rest in him, man, rest in him. I cannot, um, express enough, um, the, the, the joy that comes from just resting in God. Um, you know, I thank God so much for just giving us the opportunity to rest in him. 
you know, some of us, we be spinning our wheels so hard and so heavy trying to make things work and trying to get things to go the way that we want them to go. Um, and God just calls us to ask the question, man, are we tired, man? Are we tired yet? Are you tired yet? And so for a lot of us, you know, you got to ask the question, are you tired? Are you tired? And if you are, sit down, rest. It's okay. It's okay to sit down and rest, man. You know, and so I asked, so again, I asked the question to all of us, you know, you know, are we resting in the peace of God, resting in the love of God, resting in the forgiveness of God, resting in the mercy of God? resting in the kindness of God, resting in the patience of God. You know, some of us are so scared of him. We are so scared of God. We don't want nothing to do with him because we're afraid that if we do something, if we're with, if we're with him, then, you know, something's going to happen to us or we're going to burn or we don't deserve to be a part of the kingdom and all this other kind of stuff. And God is constantly saying, salvation is free. Come on, baby. Come on in. Like, you can have this. You can have this. It's free. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't got to work to earn God's love. Um, a lot of us as Christians, we are taught that we got to earn God's love. We got to earn his blessings. We got to earn his grace. Got to earn his forgiveness. Got to, you know, earn the right to live. But that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible does not force anyone to be righteous. Righteousness is free to all who believe. Now, you're going to have to do some stuff once you get in to the kingdom, but you don't have to do the stuff before you get in the kingdom. You see what I'm saying? And that is the joy of being a Christian. Like, you don't have to work to earn God's love. God already loves you to the max. He already loves you to the max. Like, you don't have to do anything to earn his love. Like, you don't have to do anything to earn his favor. You don't have to do anything to earn his blessing. You know how many people that don't have a walk with him are blessed beyond measure, you know, with buku money and things and things like that? God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. But what they're lacking is the blessing of the soul, which is what we want, which is what we need, which is what we desire, that eternity be filled with something eternal. And so, you know, you don't have to work to earn God's love. You don't got to work to earn God's blessing. You don't have to work to earn God's favor. No, you are in the kingdom upon repentance and belief. Now, again, like I said, once you get in here, there's work to be done. But that work to be done is not the benchmark by which you are in the kingdom. <laughs> You, if you want rest for your soul, it is freely given to you. Other religions will tell you in order to receive peace for your soul, you got to work. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to pray this. You got to pray that. You got to do this. You got to do that. Christ said, just come. And before you get nasty with it, that is not what I meant. Shut up. But no, but God just says, come here. Like, Come on, man. Like, if you want in, you can be in. Like, the, the invitation has been given. Just come on inside. Come home. Come back. Come to me. And I'll give you rest for your souls. And so, again, the invitation has already been given. 
We serve the God of the universe who the same, the same God who created the stars in the sky, the same God who created the trees, the same God who created the grass in the field, the same God that created, you know, you and me, that God longs to have a relationship with you. That same God. And so just as I said yesterday to anyone who wants him, you can have him. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter who you're with. Doesn't matter what job you hold. Doesn't matter what title you have. None of that stuff. If you want God, God wants you. He wanted you before you wanted him. I see so much so that he get that Christ gave his life for each and every one of us. And so you have nothing to fear by coming on inside. And so, again, you know, I, I, I offer or I present the offer as a minister of reconciliation. I present the offer to you, the offer of rest, the offer of peace for your souls. If you want it, it is yours to have. If you denounce your allegiance and your affections to all these other things, that you claim that you've claimed in some in some subliminal way that these are the paths to love and peace and joy and contentment. I denounce everything else, and I turn my allegiance and my affections toward God and toward Christ. And I believe in everything that Christ says, and I believe in everything that Christ does. I'm putting all of my eggs in that basket and saying. If I'm wrong about Christ, I am doomed. Upon repentance and belief, the Holy Spirit will live inside of you. God will take the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh and put that inside of you to where you are able to then love God with the full weight of the of the of the of the um, of the of the of the power of God in you to empower you to love him empower you to bless him, to empower you to be strengthened and encouraged and emboldened by him. You can have that inside of you. You can have that living in you if you want it. And so we make the appeal today. If you want a relationship with the Lord, if you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, the offer is on the table to you right now. And we are praying that God will, you know, touch your heart in such a way to where you are able to love, honor, and treasure him as we do knowing that he's the greatest blessing that we could ever possess, the greatest treasure we could ever possess, the greatest thing that has ever happened to us. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get out of here tonight. Uh, today, tonight, let's move today. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you just saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence, God. We thank you, God, for giving us your rest. We thank you, God, for the offer of rest. We thank you, God, that you thought it not robbery to get on a cross and die for our sins and rise again from the from death, hell, and the grave, that we may be able to rest in you, that we may be able to abide in you, that we may be able to be emboldened by you. And God, we make this appeal today to everyone who is listening, who doesn't have a walk with you on today, that God, their souls may find rest in you, that they take the invitation that has been freely given to them. Lord, to love, to honor, and to treasure you for all that you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Asking God that you just continue to strengthen us all in a mighty and powerful way. 
to go about our days being the children of God that you have called us to be and walking with integrity and character as you empower us to be who you called us to be. Lord God, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for every blessing that you bestowed upon us. And we thank you, God, that you have in, that you've strengthened us to do your will. We can't do anything without you. And so we're grateful that you have empowered us to be able to do the impossible and to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. And that even in our imperfect walk, in our imperfect perfection, that you count Christ's righteousness toward us so that even when we make mistakes along the way, those mistakes don't count us out of the kingdom. Lord God, we're thankful and ask that you just continue to strengthen and encourage us, continue to um, show us the way of escape from any issues or temptations or tribulations that we can find ourselves walking into. God, we ask that you just continue to navigate our hearts and navigate our minds in such a way to where we're able to love, honor, and treasure you as you have called us to. Um, And Lord God, just continue to strengthen us, Lord, and remind us that, yes, your yoke is is a yoke, but that that yoke is easy to carry because you are carrying it with us. You are living inside of us, carrying the yoke every step of the way so that the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Lord God, this light momentary affliction that we endure for for righteousness sake, we ask, Lord God, that you just continue to, to, to carry us through any issue or problem that we go through that we may be more like you in every way, shape, and form. Um, and Lord God, we're asking and praying in your son Jesus' name that you just allow us to be able to endure sound doctrine, um, that we not be swayed to the left or to the right, Lord God, by anything that resonates with us, especially if it doesn't sound like you. Help us, God, to, re- to recognize your voice and to know when someone saying something that does not sound like you and being able to challenge it, Lord God, without being combative, Lord, if if we can help it um, so that we can re- be reminded of who you are and be reminded of the gospel that saves and sustains. Help us to remember that there is no other gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ and that we never graduate from it. And Lord God, help us to have the discernment to know whether someone is telling us the truth or telling us a lie, or telling us a plausible argument that we may be able to be encouraged and strengthened to stay on course and to stay anchored in you. Lord God, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. And we give you all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you so, so much for the 1800 likes. I appreciate you coach Shanice, um, uh, Shakisha. I appreciate you so much for the likes that you're giving. Um, I appreciate everyone who gifted today. I thank you for every comment. I thank you for every person who um, been on the live the entire time. Shaquita and Nicole, you know, I love you so, so much. I appreciate you as always. And I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. And as, as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.